3: That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon.
1: Welcome to Parcast Crime Bites. We wanted to give our listeners some additional content to help them dive even deeper into the true crime world. Every week, in addition to your normal con artists episode, we're exploring the most fascinating true crime themes covered across the Parcast network. We've collected short clips from some of our most popular podcast originals to help us explore ideas like motivation, method, and madness, and show how interconnected the true crime world really is. You can find the original episodes of these for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. A list of episodes that we used will be posted in the episode description. Today we're discussing cases of unholy matrimony, we'll dive into some examples of scandalous affairs and murderous marriages in true crime history. According to a marriage study conducted by psychologists at the Universities of Nevada and Michigan, a bad marriage can be detrimental to health. Conflict in a relationship can lead to damaging responses in the body, such as inflammation, changes in appetite, and increased release of stress hormones. Given that romantic disputes can do all that, it's no wonder why some marriages have ended on treacherous terms. This first clip of unholy matrimony comes from Unsolved Murders. In this episode, we explore the 1560 death of Amy Robsart, wife of Lord Robert Dudley. Unfortunately for Amy, Robert had loyalties elsewhere. In fact, he was Queen Elizabeth I's favorite companion. Over the years, Robert and the Queen grew closer and closer, and Robert eventually moved into the castle to be near Her Royal Highness. But as rumors about the true nature of their relationship swirled, poor Amy sat 50 miles away from her husband in the home they once shared. She could do nothing to stop Robert from cozying up to the Queen. In November of 1559,
4: Lord Robert Dudley and Queen Elizabeth I had become inseparable. During the summer, the Queen had toured the country on horseback, riding beside Robert by day and being entertained at banquets beside him all night.
2: Now they seemed closer than ever, and courtiers whispered that the two were having a sexual relationship. It seemed only logical that the two would try to marry, except... Robert was already married. It seemed he would only become
4: available if his wife, Amy Robsart, died. Gossipmongers pieced these threads together in an even more inflammatory rumor than premarital coitus
1: spread throughout court.
2: On November 13, 1559, the new Spanish ambassador, Bishop de la Quadra, wrote to King Philip. He shared with him what an unknown but trusted source had told him in confidence. Dudley had arranged for his wife to be poisoned.
0: The rumor
4: spread like wildfire. The Spanish and Austrian ambassadors were only too happy to keep each other abreast of the latest developments.
0: Ambassador de la Quadra, any news? No, just that it appears that the Queen had no intention of accepting any of her proposals, Baron Brunner, We've all been wasting our time. Surely she can't be expecting to marry Lord Dudley. What else can we assume? So it's true. He means to poison his wife. That is what I've heard tell. And the queen is simply waiting for the deed to be done. But surely the queen doesn't know about the plot. Or
2: does she? On December 5th, 1559, Baron Brunner wrote to the Austrian emperor to share what he'd heard, that Queen Elizabeth was in on the plot to kill Robert Dudley's wife.
1: In that clip from Unsolved Murders, we heard whispers around Robert Dudley's alleged plot to kill his wife, Amy Robsart, so he could marry Queen Elizabeth I. Then, on September 8, 1560, Amy was found dead at the foot of a set of stairs at Cumnor Place. Fifty miles away at Windsor Castle, Robert Dudley got word of his wife's death and demanded an investigation. Fifteen male jurors who examined Amy's corpse determined her death was the result of an accidental fall. But Robert Dudley's reputation was nonetheless tarnished by the speculation. The townspeople suspected he was responsible for his own wife's sudden death. And because of the rumors circulating, the Queen could not marry Robert, no matter how much she wanted to. It would look too suspicious. If Robert had, in fact, murdered his wife out of clandestine love, he wasn't the only one. Like Robert Dudley, the subject of our next clip had his eye on someone else while he was already married. Coming up, the illegal marriages of Jim Baker.
4: Hi everyone, it's Alistair, and I have some very exciting news to share. I'm hosting a new podcast Original Series that exposes the dark, disturbing and deadly side of medicine. It's called Medical Murders, and I think you're really going to like it. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives but instead used their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. Join me as I examine the formative years and motives of history's most infamous killers, dissecting their medical backgrounds with expert analysis and professional insight provided by practicing MD Dr. David Kipper. On medical murders, we'll investigate a wide range of heinous healthcare workers, like the general practitioner believed to be the most prolific serial killer in modern history. Or the dentist who led a double life as a hitman. Or even the doctor and gang member who mixed deadly potions for unhappy housewives to use on their husbands. When it comes to these true crime stories, the only thing the doctor ordered is murder. Follow my new series, Medical Murders, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Now back to the show. Today we're looking at unholy matrimony and marital discord. For some couples, staying together until death do us part is an uncomfortable proposal. So far, we've seen how Robert Dudley may have hastened his wife's demise so he could be with his true love, Queen Elizabeth I. In our next clip from Cults, we cover the Source family, founded and led by Jim Baker, who also called himself Father Yod. Before he turned to a life of pseudo-spiritualist teachings, Jim Baker had been married with a successful career. In 1967, at 45 years old, he owned several successful restaurants on the Sunsets trip in Los Angeles, California. But his personal life was on the verge of collapse. After divorcing his second wife of 17 years, he'd grown unhinged. In what some might call a midlife crisis, Jim set his sights on other women. It wasn't long before Jim met a 19-year-old French girl named Dora at one of his own restaurants, The Old World. They quickly married, and Jim's lifestyle changed even faster as a result. Dora was caught up in the 1960s culture, which saluted sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So attempting to keep up with Dora's party-loving habits, Jim became addicted to drugs and alcohol and soon after his lapse in sobriety, Jim was investigated for stealing money from the Old World restaurant. Panicked, Jim quickly sold his beloved food joint and fled to Mexico with his young wife. Baker's track record with the Old World didn't bode well for the source's success, and the source might have gone just the same way, if not for two key events that took place right after he opened it. The first of these events was that Dora left, More of a party girl than a businesswoman, Dora had no interest in running a restaurant and took off on an extended vacation to France, right when Baker needed her the most.
3: Baker responded by illegally marrying another woman in her absence, a young Sufi named Mila. And if that weren't crazy enough, Dora too married someone else while she was abroad. One can
1: only imagine the scene when Dora came back to Los Angeles, possibly to tell Baker she had met someone and found him already married to someone else. Baker's new wife was outraged to meet Dora, so much so that she had her marriage to Baker annulled. Then Dora's new husband found out about Baker and had his marriage with Dora annulled. Dora, newly ditched by her French husband, officially divorced Baker. And for the first time since he was 19, the 47-year-old Jim Baker found himself alone.
3: Beyond its comedic finale, what's fascinating about this incident is how Baker interpreted it afterwards. He had illegally married another woman in Dora's absence, yet he felt until his dying day that Dora had abandoned him. And according to the Source family's historian, Isis, Baker never got over it.
1: Maybe that was why he found himself in such a vulnerable place the night he met his third and final surrogate father, Yogi Bhajan. This meeting was the second event that came from opening the source restaurant, and it would lead to Baker's final transformation. In that clip from Cults, Jim Baker found himself alone for the first time after his young wife divorced him for marrying someone else. Vulnerable and lost, Jim Baker sought spiritual guidance. He founded in Yogi Bhajan and soon became immersed in the man's teachings. Eventually, Baker set out to start a cult of his own, the Source family. Though Jim's behaviors may seem erratic, they reveal a pattern of extreme attachment followed by escapism. Whether he devoted himself to a wife, a restaurant, or religious philosophy, Jim's incapacity to separate himself from his obsessions left him rushing to new highs when he lost them. He found solace in attachments, which offered him temporary relief from life itself. But, unlike Jim, our next subject didn't feel she could escape. This last clip is from Crimes of Passion, covering the marriage of John and Lorena Bobbitt. When 19-year-old Lorena Bobbitt first met Corporal John Bobbitt in 1988, she felt like she was getting to live out her own piece of the American dream. But their relationship went south shortly after the wedding bells tolled, when John's sexual proclivities turned dark.
3: Lorena and John occasionally attended church services at Bethlehem Baptist Church. One Sunday, Lorena told the pastor there that her husband was hitting her. The pastor spoke to John, telling him to stop. He later recalled that John had no response. She told medical professionals, Dr. Enman treated Lorena for a respiratory infection. She noted that Lorena seemed agitated and nervous She was hyperventilating. Dr. Inman asked her whether she was experiencing stress and Lorena responded that she was anxious because her husband made her have sex without her permission. The doctor advised Lorena to call protective services. At times, John was also open about his behavior. An acquaintance relayed a time they were hanging out with a group of men talking about women. In that conversation, confirmed by others... John bragged that he enjoyed having forcible sex. The friend recalled, he said that he liked to make girls squirm and yell and make them bleed and yell for help. Lorena seemed desperate for help, but the one thing she wasn't willing to do was end her marriage. At that point, she still believed that divorce would be a moral failing against her Catholic faith. But by the summer of 1991, even the appearance of a marriage between John and Lorena was rapidly disintegrating. According to Lorena, John started sleeping with other women. She said he often stole money from her purse to fund his dates. John rarely had money of his own to spend. After his discharge from the Marine Corps, he struggled to find and keep a job. The couple relied almost entirely on Lorena's income as a manicurist, but she didn't make enough to pay their bills. Their cars were repossessed and their house was foreclosed on.
1: In that clip from Crimes of Passion, Lorena Bobbitt opened up about the physical and sexual abuse she experienced in her marriage to John. Lorena and John separated in October 1992. A year later, John returned, wanting to repair things with Lorena. Believing he'd changed, Lorena agreed to let him move back in. After all, the two were still technically married, since Catholic Lorena had been opposed to divorce. Unfortunately, John returned to his old habits. The abuse resumed immediately. On June 23, 1993, John raped Lorena once again. Shortly after the forcible assault, he fell asleep. In the kitchen, Lorena seethed. She suffered at the hands of her husband too many times. In her rage, she grabbed a butcher knife and cut off John's penis. In her trial, the jury found Lorena not guilty, believing temporary insanity had caused her actions. John Bobbitt was never charged for raping his wife. In today's Crime Bites, we saw different examples of toxic marriages. In Unsolved Murders, rumors swirled that Queen Elizabeth and Lord Robert Dudley conspired to murder Robert's wife, Amy, in order to allow them to marry. In Cults, after decades of affairs and failed marriages, Jim Baker's first time being alone led him straight into the belief system that would eventually shape his West Coast cult. And in Crimes of Passion, John Bobbitt's ongoing physical and sexual abuse led Lorena Bobbitt to retaliate with violence. Thanks for tuning into ParCast Crime Bites. We hope you enjoyed this episode on Unholy Matrimony. We'll be back next week with a new episode on parent-child co-conspirators. Why would a parent bring their child along with them on a crime spree? If you'd like to listen to the episodes we discussed today in full, simply search for our ParCast original shows, Unsolved Murders, Cults, or Crimes of Passion on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast Originals for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. I'll see you next time.
4: Killer nurses. Deranged doctors. Mad scientists. Don't forget to subscribe to my new podcast Original series, Medical Murders. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead use their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. I'm so proud of this show and can't wait for you to check it out. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.